Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Side by Side. We had a plan, and then we bumped into an old friend. So we are going to be talking to Jackie Montgomery, um, who everybody here should know. Uh, voice of the Sounders for a long time. Works with the Seahawks. This amazing work with MLS before that. So Jackie will take up the bulk of this podcast. But we do want to look back to Colorado just a little bit, because something very controversial happened. And then we preview LAFC, the new super team, powerhouse, juggernaut, if you will, uh, where the Sounders play probably, when you listen to this, will be tonight. Um, Sounders away to LAFC, 8 p.m. kickoff. But Seattle beat Colorado 2-1. I felt, as a fan of the team, such a big win. We said it's not must-win from a three-points perspective, but it was must-win from morale boosting. And I think the way they did it makes it even more better. Of course. Um, you know, going, was, was it 1-0 down? 1-0 down. 1-0 yeah. down, yeah. One Overcoming down. adversity. And then having to come back. Yeah, 10 men, 100%. Third minute. But Brad, I want to get right into it. Kellen, <laughs> second yellow card. No, the first yellow, he said it wasn't intentional. I mean, I thought it was a handball that stopped a counterattack. And I said, Kellen, I think like the ref has to give it. Because <laughs> I saw him in the car park after the game. Um, the second one, I was in central in the broadcast. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Walk us through it. So, yeah, let's walk through Kellen it. slides to try and rescue the board. Doesn't get there then picks it up and kind of just mindlessly tosses it. Listen, very dumb thing to do. I don't know why you're doing that when you're on a, a yellow. Here's my problem. I've watched referees for years, watch goalkeepers time waste. Every goal kick, switch sides, take your time. You get at least two or three warnings. Say, hey, and then there's a final one. Cut it out, no more. That's it. There was no warning. There were, and, and the thing is, I don't think I, don't think I was even time wasting. No Colorado Rapids player was going to the ball. Then we try to take a quick throw in. Now you have the boards on stands exactly. around the pitch. You can get any board you want if you want to do that. So I didn't think it was even that big of a deal. If the ref lets that go, we will never discuss that moment again. The rappers won't think about it. Kellen won't think about it. Now, the ref inserts himself. If he goes to Kellen and he's like, look, no more. No issue with that. To go to the second yellow and send someone out of a game for that, if that's me, I'll be pissed. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I did a dumb thing, but... I didn't think it was time-wasting, didn't think it was a yellow for one of the most outrageous yellows I've seen. Dumb for Kellen to do, but for that to be no warning, 46 minutes, you're not really wasting time. Sounders are trying to win the game. Um, I just don't understand it. And is this where I think, we'll get to this after, where if more former players were refs, would they manage that differently? That's for after, but do you think it was a yellow, red? No, it's not a yellow. I mean, okay, they came out and said, by the rules, this is a yellow card now. Tuck roll stuff, this is when we get into the, the nuances of the game and reading the situation. That's why the ref is there. Yes, there are rules, but no ref should be refing the game strictly by the book yeah, all yeah, the time. You, you can't do that. There yeah. are certain situations in a game where the ref either needs to take control or he needs to step back and let the, let the game yeah. dictate itself, right? Yeah. And that's always my issue when I'm playing, and especially when I'm coaching high school, yeah. is there are certain situations where, okay, my player gets pulled, tugged on a counterattack. They immediately call a yellow card, but I've got a player wide on, on the right wing. Mm-hmm. And they don't let the play develop. 
right? Yes, they're calling the game by the book. Yeah. Okay, yes, but also there's a flip side yeah, to that yeah. that says, let's play the advantage here. Yeah. And I always tell the referees, especially on the sideline, I want you to look at the other team's reaction when calling a throw-in or not calling a throw-in, right? Because that will indicate yeah. where and, and <laughs> what the situation and temperature of the game is at that moment. I think 90th minute, yeah. and they're pressing, trying to tie the game, and he throws a ball, yes, yeah. it's okay. a yellow card, Agreed. of course. 46 minute, game's tied 1-1. Yeah. There's nothing there. Yeah. Just sit back as a human being and say, okay, Kellen, next time you do it, it's a yellow card, yeah. right? I don't want to see any time wasting, yeah. okay? Um, and that's where these referees just don't understand the, the pulse of the game, the game. Yeah. And, and they just haven't been in the game long enough and they're too sometimes by the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and I, I don't think that will ever change. I don't think you're ever going to see a major league soccer player that's right. had a 10, 15 year career Kyle, go and Kyle be Beckham a, go and, no, go and be what a referee. What a thankless job no for like a former player to be fair. Like that's like yeah. such a thankless job. Referee's tough, but I think what Brad's yeah. talking about is the spirit of the law. Yeah, yeah the sure. letter, the oh, letter of the law is what is the spirit of the law, and that's where things like advantage comes into it. Yep. The example you gave totally. there, I'd love to have just seen a warning. Just say, Kellen, no more. Like, don't do that again. Talk to him, have a conversation. I think just to go to the pocket. I just couldn't believe it. So that was that. Let me not forget though. The sound has benefited from another controversial decision, the free kick. The free kick, yeah. yeah. At the time, I thought the Rapids were complaining that it wasn't a foul, which it wasn't. Abubakar won the ball. I'm sorry he won the ball. I think he came through Will Bruin, maybe. Yeah. For me, it's a good tackle. If I'm Colorado Rapids, I can be pissed at that. Now, when the ref gives it, defensive, you got to switch on. The sound has took the free kick 25 yards away. <laughs> it was further back, but still getting an advantage. Should that goal have been called back? Would you be pissed that it happened against us? I mean, I mean, I uh, mean, of course, you always look back at situations, and I'll go back to a Vancouver game where mm. we're playing against Vancouver at home, and Kakuta Mane is off the field. Ah, the yeah. play develops. Everyone on the field <laughs> is focused on the ball, assuming that he's off the field, and then all of a sudden, ball turns over. He comes on the field, ball gets over the top, boom, you goal, and we're like, yeah, wait, what I the hell? That. What happened? Yeah. Here? Right? So, again, we're talking about situational, nuanced parts of the game, mm. and do they play that one by the law? Yes. Do they do they not do it? Was it something that the referee said? Hey, it's it's behind the play. They're they're actually at a disadvantage for the yeah. ball. That's what that was. What was in his mind? And I think it happened so fast because the tackle was made. The ball went into the sounders. I, I think half. it was a rapid guy that even exactly. pushed it there. And yeah. so it's like, oh, okay, maybe the referee's looking over his shoulder, looking somewhere else. I don't know. Um, if I'm the other team, there's no excuse why that goal should be. Yeah, um, I agree. Let in. Yeah. But I also. I see both sides of that one more than I do the Kellen. Yeah. But again, it's situational. When it's the 90th minute and we get a free kick there and ping the ball over the top and score to lead 2-1 and yeah. the Rapids have defended for... But it's also the Rapids' fault. They go a man up and the Sounders still end up possession leaders on the night. And that's... Th that surprised me yeah. how they play. That surprised me. And the Nico one, the free kick he took is tough because if it's 25 yards ahead, no one is arguing. No, it's like, right. bring it back. Because it was from behind. I don't see... During the broadcast, I wouldn't even address it because we weren't even thinking about that. I mm -hmm. thought we just... The Rapids just switch on. Yeah. It's a quick free kick. Like... They were slow to react. The ball's traveled 60 yards. Like, if you guys aren't locked in and the Sounders took advantage of it, I think it's from the Sounders, great, quick thinking. Well done, Nico. Well done, Jimmy. Well done, Jordan. No issues. Could it be called back? Looking back now, probably be a bit aggrieved if I'm on the rapid side, but you got to defend that. And I think majority of people are in consensus that Kellen should not have been sent off. Now, leaving the game, saw him in a car park, and he came to me right away and said, was it uh, yellow? He was still unsure. I think he was trying to gauge sort of what the reaction had been. I said, to me, I think you were hard done by, 
But, and then before I could say, Goshe, it was a really dumb thing to do. So he knows he shouldn't probably do that, but that is such a mature response, by the way. Yeah, Kellen, like he, right, no, but like right knows. after a game. Yeah. I don't know how like, like players are or whatever, but like to have all of that, I just ah, and then immediately afterwards, just feel like listen. If I'm getting fined for that and getting missing a game for that, now you suspended, right? Like I, I just would be so livid. Like no, I agree. I That's why I can't so believe how um, so calm he was. So I would livid. be. I would be calling the head of pro, calling Don Garb. I'd be like, this is you fix this. This is unacceptable. That's what I would be doing, but. With, with, I mean, let's take in all those things into consideration. A decent game from the Sounders. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, yeah. really good. The, the goal again was, I don't know why we're giving up soft goals. Yeah. It seems like just easy. Again, I'm, don't be too critical, but Yim is a top defender. And um, Lewis just makes a simple run almost, like just on his shoulder. It just seems like. The past couple of weeks, everything's been over the shoulder. They've been struggling with it. Really? Bit, right? I don't know why we're conceding such yeah. soft goals, but. Well, I think when yeah. it rains, it pours. And the Sounders had those three games in a week, and then they had a week to adjust. And ultimately, getting the result is fantastic. You you had to get those three points. Yeah, uh, yeah. no question about it. And now you give yourself a, a little boost, and, and you're happy in training. And you get you know you go a man down, and you got a little extra on the legs, but you get six days off, and now. Friday night prime time. What do you th- what, what do you think of what LAFC's done? Um, obviously, Bell set the ground running. He scored. Looks happy. Yeah. Um, Chiellini. I mean, Jose Mourinho once said that Bonucci and Chiellini, the two centre backs from Juventus, should teach a class on defence at Harvard. That's right. how good they were. Right. And this guy now plays for LAFC. He seems to be all brought in. I mean, yeah, his brilliant. interviews insane. <laughs> seems like when he, he came on for Segura, I would that love interview. To yeah, that's the kind of guy you want. That's the guy you want on your team. He's, you know, yeah. won championships. He's won everything. Yeah. Um, what do you think about? I mean. They were formidable under Bob Bradley, the support shield year. Lost their way, clearly. That divorce came. Bob went his way. They went their way. Chirundolo's gone in there, and I mean, he's got them rolling. I mean, it's not even about Carlos Vela anymore. Like, yeah. he's right been right now, it's about yeah. that team making moves. Yeah. Um, and maybe they're just at a place in their tenure where they can make those moves, yeah. right? And I'm not sure the Sounders are right now. Um, yeah. The Sounders have to get creative quick if, yeah. they, if they want to keep pace, and they have to decide right now if mm-hmm. that's what they want to chase. But we know that the Sounders are think much more about the long-term longevity consistency of the club than right. they do about chasing a supporter's shield yeah. and a potential MLS Cup. That's not the Sounders' way. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that, you know, a testament to, to everything that we've always talked about. Yeah. So I think there's maybe some moves within the league that they could make, but I still see them waiting until the offseason. You saw the free agency list. There's some Pretty big free agents that they could go after, yeah. top top players in, yeah. in Major League Soccer. And that's kind of exciting to see because I remember sitting in those meetings and talking, oh, should we accept this proposal on mm-hmm. you know, years of service and, and da-da-da. Well, now that you're seeing more young players make a statement, you're starting to get these players yeah. at their prime now when they're really good and they're now free agents. Yes, yeah, so are they going to cost more money? Okay, well, that's, that's just what's happening in Major League Soccer right now. Um, yeah. I always think of Giovinco when you talk about guys like that who were like, he was like 28 when he came yeah, in, yeah. but he was a, in he was the a prime of his career yeah, and he came in insane. and was amazing. He was insane. Yeah. So, I mean, what Toronto's doing right now with the two Italians they signed, um, they, they know that they've got to right the ship over yeah. there, so they're making moves, right? they got to make a move for the playoffs. Um, I think the Sounders' starting lineup is still, they're going to get in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, but do they have the firepower to go away from home in the playoffs against LAFC and win? Um, We'll talk about that in a couple months. What, what should right. we expect from this game? Though? I mean, are you thinking, is this one way if the Sounders lose 3-0? Are you like, ah, it is what it is? Or are we going there saying, like, no, we're going to show that they, LSU haven't won anything yet. 
they've not won a thing. No. I mean, you can talk about them, write every article, yeah. get the clicks on social media, but you've not won a thing. Is yeah. this should we should the Suns be going there to make a statement, or is LFC just the better team right now? No, I, I think on paper LAFC is probably the better team right yeah. now, be um, yeah. and and in the standings obviously yeah. too. They're so in in good. all facets, they're the better team right now. Yes, but can you win at the pivotal moments? That's all that really matters, and. Tomorrow's a good a good test for the Sounders, and I think for our management as well. They'll have yeah. to play this game, and the Sounders are going to have to play their best, right, to get a result. And then either you're on that airplane and you're having serious conversations on Monday morning here, saying what do we need to do to get to that level, or you're saying, oh, yeah, all right, what, what we're doing is let's stick to the plan, guys. Yeah. And that's sports, right? That's that's sports. You have yeah. to evolve, um, but if you can get a result doing the things that you always do then there's no reason to really change things. So I think that this is a good gauge this weekend. Colorado Rapids, they're not going to be there at the end of the day, no. right? LAFC, they're going to be there this yeah. year. And so this is, this is a big test for, the, for this club. My one concern, I'll say this, with how the Sounders have been defending, I mean, you're going against Bale, Arango, Carlos Vela. I mean, this is the toughest test you're going to get. I don't think you're going to get a bigger test than this. Uh, what backline do you want to see for the Sounders? I mean, if we can. The, sh- the strongest I mean, one. Yeah, I think you have Nuhu, Alex, um, Yamar, and, and probably Ariaga right now seems to always have a good game in he, LA. He's been good. Yeah, and yeah. he's been good. Yeah. You're gonna ha- you cannot allow Bale to have time and space. No, and uh, and that, he lives and dies by one-twos. <laughs> and Nuhu has his best game against the best players. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm excited to see this matchup. Right? This is, this is a little bit like Salah versus, versus Nuhu. Yeah. He loves the stage and he loves... People being critical of him so that he can prove a point, and so th- this will be a tough one, though. I mean, it's it's a different level for sure. Yeah. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I think you have to be extremely physical against this yeah. uh, front three. And Christian stays in the middle. Yeah, Christian stays at, at six. Has to for me. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everyone? And what a great surprise. This was not planned. I showed up to record a podcast and bumped into an old friend, uh, known Jackie for so many years, not a stranger to the Sounders fan base, of course, um, helped run our pre-game halftime post-match show for a number of years, and has been around MLS circles for a long time, and with the Seahawks as well. But I've not seen you probably, I don't say like, Definitely not before the pan- since the pandemic. Oh yeah, it's been a long time. I, it's been at least four years. At I least. left four years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. But we're happy to have you, Jackie. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. It was a really pleasant surprise getting to see you guys all, and um, you know, here in the lobby. I still feel like a little connection and like want to be back here. So I, when I have like a meeting that's uh, in this general like Tequila area, we come to Starfire because sure, okay. it, it's nice. You know, it's nostalgic. Yeah. So when I when I walked in, <coughs> I had my head down and I was kind of trying to figure out what room we were in but I heard a voice and that's that's just so yeah it's stuck in my brain the voice like it's such a I don't know I, it's always uh, just been in in, in, in my brain true. and as soon as I heard it I turned around and I was like Jackie. yeah my brain noticed yeah. it first before my eyes did uh, well, you know I hope that's like a good sign no it like, is a good uh. sign yeah, yeah Jackie and I was preparing for this job because I started right after you left you left I know but yeah. I learned Sounders broadcast by watching all of your stuff. Oh, well, thank you. I watched you. all the old ones. Thank like, to you. To get a sense oh, of what the show nice. was like. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, she's great. And yeah. then, you know, found out you weren't 
Yeah. No, Jackie's a veteran, and I just told Jackie I was on the road this week, and I actually mentioned Jackie to um, to Keith and Casey because. People may not know, <laughs> if you want to eat well on the road, <laughs> go with Jackie. I'm your girl. Jackie will I find, I mean, we used to go to so many different oh. places. And we were in Nashville, Chicago, and I'm like, listen, I need Jackie here to I help know. us. I know. Steve is always my, like, go-to, like, buddy, <laughs> foodie. <laughs> like, anytime we needed to get something, like, Steve was my guy. We'd go for long walks. Yeah. I mean, it was like the, I miss it so much. The really road fun trips, trips were the best. Yeah. So give us an update. Um, you left the Sounders 2018, okay. you said. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then Seahawks. Talk us through sort of how that experience um, was. So I had started working for the Seahawks back in like 2016. That's and for right. a couple years I was doing Seahawks and Sounders. Um, and then when I was getting ready to have my second child, it was just a little too much managing both schedules. Yeah. And so that's when um, I decided to focus solely on Seahawks. So that was in um, just before the 2018 season. Um, I was still, so I, I mean, I was with the Seahawks for a long time. That's a whole nother story of like leaving them recently. Yeah. But um, I was still doing soccer, just not for the Sounders. I was working under contract with Fox Sports, doing mm. like their national like MLS games as part of like their B crew. They had like um, Katie with them, yeah. my, my okay. very good Love friend. Yeah. So she, yeah. Katie is the I absolute got a great best. Katie story. Huh? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, back from your Columbus <laughs> days. Oh, I bet she's, there's she's some great. good ones. Yeah, um, but yeah, so she was like on their like A team with like John Strong and. Yeah, yeah. And then so I was kind of to help like supplement um, some of the other games if they had double headers. And so I was on contract with them for um, two years. And then my last like game, like anything soccer related was I had a game booked for um, the weekend when like the world shut oh, down. And I think right. I was supposed to wow. like fly to like Cincinnati for like one of their games on Fox. And oh. yeah, they called us and they're like, we're shutting everything oh. down. Um, you know, and they were really wonderful. They like paid us for the weekend because we were like literally leaving like that day, I think, to get on a I plane. I got the same call. Yeah, yeah, and I was supposed to call. Um, yeah, too. and so it was, yeah, I actually think we had a game mm-hmm. on that schedule together, yeah, which wow. I was really excited about. Um, and then, yeah, that was the last like thing that I've done in the soccer world. And um, because everything's changed in the landscape of like broadcast yeah. for, yeah. I mean, for all sports, but <laughs> yeah. especially I feel like for soccer in particular, it's yeah. really changed. And so, yeah, I've stayed on with the Seahawks and I've been with them for, this is, would be going into my eighth uh, season with them. Yeah. Um, but I just left in April to kind of do a complete like career pivot right now, which is um, really exciting, Amazing. but very daunting when you're leaving like a career that you've done for your whole life. Yeah, I would say, um, your start, though, wasn't in sports, was it? It was more in extreme sports. It was in action sports, yeah. Right, wow. like X Games. Yeah, right? it was. What year was that? Huh? Um, right. Well, actually, um, I started right out of like high college, um, and so I graduated in 20, uh, 2006. And I mean, I started. Actually, it was in mainstream sports, but it was covering high school football. Oh, sweet. Um, high school football down in Los Angeles. Yeah, in Los Angeles. So I'm Just born and raised in LA and yeah. was like really fortunate to stay in that area. Um, yeah. That's but a I huge started, deal. Yeah, it That's was a, huge a big deal. deal. Um, so I was able to cover high school football. And then, but, and back then, like the league was nowhere near what it is today. Yeah. So that was like early 2000s. Um, David Beckham wasn't even in the league oh, yet, right, right. Um, and um, before David even came to the league, working for Fox Sports, the Galaxy was under their like umbrella of teams that they covered, and David came over, and then they fo- realized that they needed to start putting some like focus on that team, and so without like very much soccer knowledge <laughs> at all, like I was just like the person that they put on oh, that beat. Right. 
and then just through like learning you know, as much as I could and working with them for a long time, that's how I got hired by MLS in 2010 and yeah. started working for MLS as like one of their like like beat reporters for just the league in general. And then because the Sounders had just started in 2009, they brought we were covering like a ton. That's, that's what I remember And that's from. when we met. Yeah. And yeah. it was just covering a, everything Sounders because it was yeah. just like the biggest thing to happen to the league. Right. I mean, I guess since like David coming, but with it being such yeah. a huge high profile expansion team, we were doing a lot up here. And plus you guys were so successful in the Open Cup and we were yeah. up here for a lot of, of time with that. And that's how I established my relationship with the team yeah. and then came up here once I got married and moved up here <laughs> in 2011. Awesome. Yeah. So when I left soccer, I remember I was trying to meet with as many people as possible in the area. So I had, I had really like met Blue at all, mm -hmm. but I got connected with him, and I loved like that extreme sports yeah. background. Like that's yeah. my passion. Like skateboarding was like it, right? <laughs> and I remember I met with him, and he just like took me on a tour of the facility. And I still think about that as a missed opportunity. And I still think that I would just like <laughs> work in that warehouse and be the happiest person. <laughs> I've ever been and I still think about that like three years later like oh. this is awesome but we, my brain always goes to that like that point because I, what should I do back to it <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. um, yeah no I'm sorry it's been obviously a long time I feel like since I've done TV that was your original question but yeah, yeah. action sports was my favorite I mean I grew up snowboarding and yeah. skateboarding and tried to surf yeah. and that was just where I loved and like envisioned myself going like as a career path for TV but at that time there was like no action sport I mean there was like X Games, but yeah, it was just was like it. kind yeah, of getting yeah, started, yeah. and that was your only avenue. And so I had to like expand into regular sports, even though that's, I mean, my family had always been regular sports. I was yeah. the black sheep that wanted to do the action sports. Um, but then, yeah, I was working for X Games and Fuel TV that used to be around, oh, wow. RIP, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just some other like action sports like affiliates, and then met my husband, and then, yeah, yeah. that's how you met And if, uh, so let me remember back, so I, I remember um, 2010 for sure being interviewed by you, I think we're playing Galaxy in the playoffs, oh, yeah. um, uh -huh. so my introduction to you, and you did a ton. I used to see you on TV, then I got to work with you for a long time. When you look back now, what are some of the highlights for you when you think back over this long career you had? Um, not just soccer, obviously Seahawks as well, but yeah. some of the highlights of the things you were able to do. I think looking back at MLS, like specifically, it's just seeing the transformation of the league. Yeah. And I mean, starting like pre, you know, so that would have been like 2007, 2008 yeah. is when I started with them. I remember like the league minimum being somewhere <laughs> like literally like eighteen thousand oh, dollars maybe even twelve like at one point. it was <laughs> yeah i know i was gonna i was trying to be a little generous i think it might have been like no one can see brad's face uh, it was yeah. just like dead news. oh it was bad so eleven thousand seven hundred a year <laughs> okay i was gonna say i thought it was twelve thousand but i was trying to be yeah, generous and um four hundred bucks a paycheck yeah <laughs> i remember um like players working second jobs and oh, it's like yeah. the amount of training that you guys have to put into this craft especially with soccer with how physically fit you mm -hmm. have to be and just like realizing like, oh my gosh, they're at training all day from, you know, they got there at nine, yeah. eight in the morning there until early afternoon hours, knowing yeah. how much work you're putting into it and then having to go work a second job and while you're living at your parents' house. It's like ridiculous. I was just like so blown away by like the lack of resources that yeah. the league had. Um, and to seeing it now, I remember like Kansas City, I think, I mean, because, well, you guys came in, but yep. then Kansas City was, I feel like, the first team that really started to put money into, like, the infrastructure. Yeah. And, and infrastructure, yeah, yeah, and, like, 
they really put money into like the facility itself yeah. Yeah. and like the locker room I remember being like blown away by and so I think just seeing the evolution of the league like going from like a 12,000 minimum salary to like whatever it is now which yeah. is a lot more the, more the players that they brought in and just seeing the league as a whole evolve was like really cool to see and be a part of yeah. um, and so I think that's like a big um, point I mean there's just there's specific like games or like events that like I've been to that are really big like moments in my life um, but yeah, yeah I think when looking at MLS that's probably um, a big one and then obviously like being there for like the championship runs yeah. and being a part of that was really special too I think um, the people I'm you, gonna read <laughs> you guys of course you've seen Football and soccer, and you've had interactions with players on both sides. And people, we always talk about like the difference mm -hmm. in the two cultures. Very different, right? And so I kind of want to, if you have to, a, a couple God. minutes, just to yeah. just to dive into that because we only interact with the players, yeah. right? And when players interact with players, yes, there's a stigma around football players, yeah. but we can break them down easy and yeah. talk shop, yeah. and it's very easy. Yeah. yeah. But I think uh, dive into this. I mean. Mm -hmm. Are soccer players just more approachable? Why is that? For sure. or, or and, and what is it? Is For it the sure. machine that creates I that? I think that the NFL and I mean I'm not sure. I know I haven't done a ton with like MLB or NBA, mm -hmm. so I can't say if it's the same across like those like big three like yeah. sports that people identify with. Um, but I feel like with the NFL because it's just like just this huge organ like organization yeah. that's like such a high level and the amount of like dollars that they pump out and. Um, it's like the players themselves I think they probably have this like level of like you know fame before they even like get really make yeah. a name for themselves you know what I mean and so it's just yeah they're definitely not as approachable I think that's changed obviously with like my time mm, it, yeah, with yeah. like the team itself and also you have to take into consideration is like when I started with the team in um, 2012 it's like they were they were still like not this big name within the NFL because it yeah. had so many younger players, but they were just on like the verge of yeah. being like Great. that it team yeah. and being, you know, because it was right before they won the Super Bowl. And actually, so I didn't actually, I started working for them, but it was on like more of a freelance basis. I didn't start with the team in the capacity that I was until 2015, yeah. like I said. And so at that point, they were already like so established and had, they were, there's so many eyes on them yeah. that it was hard to like break that mold, you know? Yeah. And I, maybe it's because it's like you have these walls established because there's so many people that want something from you. So it's just like another person. But I felt like with the Sounders or just in, with soccer players in general, it's so easy to just like build a rapport and to right. like just talk to them like normal people and I feel like with yeah. the NFL it definitely wasn't that like warm welcoming would, would environment. That, <laughs> that would that be soccer players in America like if we for example were oh yeah I think if like I went to someone like David yes. Beckham for example for sure. he's probably more I mean he's bigger than the NFL bracket yeah. so with that was that different someone like him was there a bit more what you saw with him, what you end up seeing in the NFL, or was he like a Brad Evans, like a Steve Zakwani, where you can just chat to and to a certain extent. Um, I think that I think if I were to go over to Europe and yeah. try to have those same conversations, like the e EPL players, like yeah. it would not be the same. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't go into like the Manu locker room and be like, "Hey guys, yeah, you know what I, I mean?" Sure no. Where are you going to eat tonight? Yeah, it'd be very different. Um, yeah. But I feel like with David, it was. Yeah. Um, there was still like that barrier because yeah. he was still like David Beckham, star, you know what yeah. I mean? But um, he was definitely more approachable and it's like you have like those media scrums where where, yeah. where yeah. you can't get away from people yeah. where like you look at, you know, the premiership, there's like there's 
they're at a podium there's like people like yeah. you can't get close to them where in MLS it's yeah. like you're right there and can yeah. like touch the person you know what I mean yeah, um, but that being said like I felt like um, he wasn't there was still like he had bodyguards at like <laughs> training you know what I mean yeah. but it's like Landon you know yeah. Landon was a very high profile but at that was, time and yeah. he was like really easy to yeah. I, mean, I heard that about to. Gareth Bale too like he's just uh, heard nothing but good yeah. things about hey we'll have yeah. a conversation Keith said he's just a good guy yeah. and I, I I don't know what it is. I, I liken yeah. it more to extreme sports, and I think you'd probably echo yeah. that. Like, those guys are, and maybe not the top guys, like Nigel and those guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You could tell me. But They're I feel all like, very preferable. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Sure. I, mm-hmm. I feel like that is kind of like the same wavelength. And maybe that's just because of where the two sports are at. Sure. might be a little bit more equal than soccer and football. Well, I don't know. No, for We're sure. We're all just grinding to, like, yeah. get to the next level. Right? Totally. But, yeah, I'm curious what it would be like in MLB or, like, the NBA yeah. arenas. Like, yeah. how um, NBA players are super friendly. Oh, are they? See? Oh my God, the friendliest of all. See? Wow. Oh, that's the Steph best. Curry, I remember there was like a scrum, like wait, like three in the morning. He like went to go to get his massage, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's probably not going to do it." Blah blah. blah. He still came out, answered wow. everyone's question. Wow. Super nice. Like said, "Hey, everyone, thanks for waiting for me." Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, like no, that's the stuff you want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Truly, Le- 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 LeBron truly. is the same because Akron. Yep. Where I went to college, yep. and um, he's, I mean, he was in demand. Like he would oh, come bet. to the campus. To he yelled camps. at a guy for stepping on my foot. He did. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah, I will never yeah. forget that. That's yeah. really nice. <laughs> 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 Little five foot two me with my big camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stepped on my foot. And he was like, "Hey, man, watch out for her." For a number of years, I know. You know, we talked about. You know, you and I would be on the road, and we say, "Hey, Jackie, you know, let's meet in the let's lobby at eleven. Food, let's yeah. go eat whatever." And we'd have conversations. And you would mention at the time like you had a very big interest in the nonprofit world and things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know, I come today and I find out that you've made that decision to pivot careers as you as you worded it um when was the moment you decided now's the time and tell us a bit about what you're doing now and what you hope to do um so yeah i mean i've always been really curious in the nonprofit sector and just like i've always been like acts of service is like really big for me um and so i've always known that i wanted to like go into the nonprofit sector i just didn't know the capacity I remember when I f- was working for the Galaxy and that was the first team that I was like actually like mm. I wasn't working for them in the sense that I was for the Sounders yeah. but they were my beat so I was yeah. with them all the time but seeing that they had a community outreach like arm mm. of the team and knowing that like as part of a team you could work in the community like that was like really like eye-opening for me and that's kind of like what I envisioned po- um, possibly doing yeah. but then building relationships with players and knowing that well, players, they, so many, especially like with the NFL, yeah. but I mean, this is across the board, but so many players come from very little means, like exactly. growing up. Yeah. And they, you know, whether like sports is a way for them to get out of like that situation, but regardless of what it is, like so many times they want to give back to like their community and yeah. give back to the people that shaped them. And I've always like found that so, I've just loved that story. And honestly, that's really what's like always attracted me to sports is not what happens on the field or the X's and O's or the statistics. I've always been in love with sports because of the people behind it and the athletes and like their story because it's like they're the one that you're watching. Like there and there's yeah. so much more to yeah. them than just what they can do on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I've always been so interested in that. And so by talking to athletes such as yourself, like knowing that they want to do more in their hometowns, I was like, oh, well, maybe I can like help them, you know, just go directly to the players and either help run their foundation or help like with their programs or whatever it may be. And so that's something that's always been in the back of my mind. And then 
Um, I wanted to do it in 2020, like go back to school, but the pandemic happened and there was so much uncertainty. But because of the pandemic and so many things being brought to sur the surface uh, in like society today, like all yeah. the social injustices yeah. and just, I mean, you couldn't turn away from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You had to focus on it because everything else was shut down. Um, and also having my, my second kid by then, like I just, with my first kid, I mean, you know, poor Maddie, but it's like, <laughs> I was like totally fine being a working mom yeah. and like still doing everything that I was doing because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. But then with like the second kid, I was just like, gosh, there's like so much more to this. Yeah. And like, I just like see the world through like a completely different lens. And then, like I said, with everything in 2020, like you just saw all yeah. the cracks that are within our society and all the things that needed to be fixed. I was just like, it was, it was so much, so at the forefront of my thoughts that I couldn't like ignore it anymore. And so I was like, okay, like I'm gonna go to school next year. And mm -hmm. so yeah, in 2021, I went back to school for nonprofit management wow. at um, UW at the University of Washington. And with the like whole thought process in mind of like, okay, who can I help and like, what can I do? And um, just from just kind of putting my story out there and letting people know what I was interested in and like wanted to see what career paths were out there. Um, Doug Baldwin from the yeah. Seahawks, one of our retired wide receivers, yeah. um, offered me a job to run his foundation um, and really make an impact in the renting community where his community center is being currently built right now. It's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. It is going to be amazing. Um, I mean, they're doing so many great things. They've partnered with the Renton um, School District, the City of Renton, and Health Point, which wow. um, provides you know medical services for people who can't afford it. And so Health Point will have its own wing in the community center. So it's like you can go, um, you can go right there and get you know um, medical care, eye care, dental care, mental health care, um, all right there. Wow. And it's like if you have like little kids and you don't know what to do with them for childcare, which hinders a lot of people from even being able to get seek out yeah. these services will have like you know child care on site so it's like they can come and like have their kids be right across the hall while they're getting their needs taken care of and just trying to you know come from like a holistic approach of like helping people um, but yeah I'm really excited about it and I'm really so excited amazing. to finally make this transition of something that I've really been wanting to do and thinking about for a long time I mean I can't even remember when we started talking about yeah, it with your foundation so, um, yeah. so yeah, it's really cool to kind of you know been manifesting this for a long time and to have it like really come into fruition Amazing right changes. now. Yeah. So I mean, it's fantastic. Excited Sorry for, for all you. the word vomit, guys. No, no, it's great. It's great. Our fans, our fans <laughs> love it because they, our fans yeah. want want to help, right? Yeah. yeah. But it, it yes. always brings me back to this conversation about we get tweets all the time about athletes stay out of politics, mm -hmm. just play your sport, oh. yeah. and then now we want to. There's there's athletes that have their own foundations, and they they're they're now the ones building the free medical clinics yeah. through totally. raising money, totally. right? Yeah. It's like, well, which one do you want, fan? Do you want us yeah. to support our community sure. in ways that? Yeah. Our, our city is not helping the community or For do you sure. just want us to play focus on sports and then retire and do nothing mm -hmm. um, totally. because our biggest impact is when we're playing yeah it is yeah. not when we're done playing right Doug built this while he was playing totally. correct because uh -huh. he was involved and he saw that there was a need in the community yeah. with or without politics yeah mm -hmm. it was a need that he needed to serve his community yeah. so yeah. fans can't have it both ways right For sure. and For sure. fortunately as players we often just say Okay, we can do both jobs. You can win <laughs> yeah. championships, and yeah. we can make an impact yeah. on Listen, our community. The mayor of Kiev was yeah. a boxer, guys. There you go. Yeah. He was a freaking famous there boxer, and now he's the mayor of Kiev in the Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. So you know, 
Yeah. You guys are parents. You guys can do different things than just kids yeah. and soccer. No, for <laughs> sure. And I think it's so important. And I feel like for me, that was where I was. I struggled. I mm. was never able to use my platform in the ways that I wanted mm. to. Um, and I felt. And I mean. I feel like I don't have a platform, you know, it's like 5,000 Twitter followers. It's not very many people, but you forget how many people that really does impact. But it was a struggle for me to like feel that I can make that impact, but I feel like now I can make more of a tangible impact. While, it's interesting because while you were doing what you were doing, right, it would have been nice for them to just like flip the interview interviewee and be like, okay, this is what I want to talk about too. Yeah, That that would have been nice, right? It would be nice. I mean, but you know, but I, that's, well, that was the other areas. I felt like there, um, for so long, there's always been kind of these, like, the content that teams are generating, you know, like the the stuff that I really cared about or like the community aspect yeah. of it, it was there wasn't ever a lot of money being put into the, or resources yeah. being put into that because mm-hmm. that's not what gets the views by yeah. like teams yeah. and like fans, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, um, but now I feel like it's becoming a more and more of a culture. Yeah. And yeah. so um, I think it's helping people get like, you know, yeah understand what players are really interested in. No, I, I agree. Feel, yeah. I yeah. feel you. <laughs> no, Jackie, really good what you're doing. I'm going to be calling you n- next year early because I'm doing my charity game. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to rope you in. I'm going to rope I you mean, in. I mean, I'll rope in the athletes. I don't think that I can. Oh, hi. <laughs> we have a special guest. <laughs> huh? My husband, yeah. Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, man? We're just talking about you. None of your business, dude. <laughs> Jackie, I'm going to put you on the spot. You've traveled the country for years covering different sports, different sports teams. Which city, which road trip for you, you always look forward to the food Ooh, the most? Oh, the food. Oh, goodness. Do you um, remember the Breakfast Club in Houston? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> in fact, I was just in Iowa, so and good. there was a place called the Breakfast Club. I was like, is this actually like a, uh, like a food spot? And I totally, all those memories come back. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, Texas was a good one because, yeah. like, there, there's a lot of diversity there. Kansas, bubble um, can't, Yeah. Um, hmm. This is a, this, you're really putting it's a me tough on the one. spot. Yeah. I mean, LA is a safe bet. I was going to say, yeah. LA is a, a yeah. safe one, LA's especially because yeah. that's where I'm from. Yeah. But Texas is always a good one because there's a lot of variety and, um, and yeah. LA. Yeah. Well, and also now you guys have so many cool s- cities like ca- like in, in yeah Nashville. Nashville. I would love to go to Austin, um, Miami. Yeah, <laughs> Miami. I would love to go to Miami. Austin, I mean, yeah, yeah Austin would be a good one to go to. Like the so, real yeah. New York City now, like New York City yeah. in the city. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Um, sorry, can I highlight um, something with like the hubs yeah. um, yes. and also like the giving back? Um, yes. So along with doing all this stuff for Doug, um, we my daughters my daughter she uh, Maddie she's really into BMX racing and mm. so we she's not really, really into it she's like freaking <laughs> she, is, um, she, she is dominates beast. the boys I get videos all the time yeah. she's and it's beast. the boys she are is, like back here she and she's just like beast. like so, going these fools she is um, now seven but as wow. a six-year-old she was the six-year-old um, girls expert state champion for Washington <laughs> oh and ranked second in the Northwest region for her age group so yeah so she's very Um, she's very into it Um, but as a result our family has gotten really into it and it's a really wonderful community the people are so Mm. welcoming it's been really great Um, but we found um, blue my husband and I 
we um, just noticed a need right here in our backyard and we live um, really close to Starfire where mm-hmm. we live outside the city of SeaTac and so um, there's a BMX track in the city of SeaTac, a really legendary track that's been around for over 40 years, produced Olympic medalists, produced oh, wow. multiple world champions, um, and not a lot of people know that, like that it's right here in our own backyard. And um, it had really just gone, um, hadn't been getting the love that it needed to be getting, hmm. and it hadn't been brought up to like modern day track standards, was really dangerous in a lot of different aspects. Um, and so my husband and I, we just saw this need and we're trying, we started approaching the city, like how can we make this better? Um, and long story short, we were awarded the track by the city of SeaTac. Um, and so we formed our own nonprofit, formed a board um, and have a board of incredible people. And in just a few short months, we're able to raise um, over $350,000 wow. to rebuild this track. And so we completely rebuilt this track, like, I mean, bulldozed it and started over from scratch. Um, We got the track in January, started construction in late late February, and we just had our first, like, big race um, actually last weekend. Um, And so we've just built this really beautiful um, community asset that's open to the public. It's still under construction right now, so it's open to the public um, starting later this summer. summer. But um, yeah, just really trying to find ways that we can like give back to the community. But for anyone that's listening, if your family or kids are into BMX or love riding bikes and you want to find, you know, get into it, there's an amazing track right here in SeaTac, Washington to check out in SeaTac BMX. Good luck beating Maddie. So yeah, yeah, good luck beating Doug. No, she's a... <laughs> I know, she now races with yeah. the thirty-year-old oh. men. Oh yeah, no, it's well, it's really empowering for little girls in particular because you have to race against the boys. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's just, no gender, right? No, mm-hmm. so for novice, which is like the beginners, yeah. there's yeah. no, it's sure. non-gender restricted, wow. so right. it's just broken down Let's by go. age. So all seven-year-olds race against each other. It doesn't matter if you're a boy or girl, just started. And then once you win 10 races, then you get to move up to the next level. And then you get to race just girls or just boys. But so it's really empowering for little girls to like, not only like win like one race or win this race, but you beat the boys 10 times and then just to get to the next level. So it's really great for little girls. But yeah, it was really awesome. Oh, amazing. Jackie, wow. Well, thanks, guys. Thank thanks. Absolutely. That was a lot of talking for just no, the No, it was 10 minutes. Not enough. Huh? You gave us 10 <laughs> I minutes. I know, it wasn't. I've been watching <laughs> Keely's. Oh, uh, no, no, Jackie, for, as like another young woman in like mm-hmm. the sports industry, hearing someone who has, you know, two kids who's been able to accomplish yeah. the incredible amount of amazing shit that you've accomplished, oh, yeah. I'm just you. like in awe. So oh, I really I'm so happy it. that you, you stopped you. by. Uh-huh. Thank you. Dude. It was um, really serendipitous like seeing you guys in the <laughs> lobby because, yeah. yeah, like I said, I really miss this environment. I mean, going back to just like the different sports, like I've always, um, and again, it's it was different with the Seahawks towards the end of like my time right. with them, but definitely at the beginning. Um, with there being just such star power there like I was just I loved being around this team and the players and the my coworkers so much and everyone was like oh you're what we were with like an NFL team I'm like I know but it's not the same like I like the job itself but I just didn't have that relationship with the players yeah. or the front office that I did here and so yeah. it was you know like I said that all evolved and was much different when yeah. I towards the end but um yeah, just there's really something special about the Sounders organization and the people that are involved in it. So thanks for having me, guys. Amazing. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you, Jackie. Yes.
Sounders, LAFC, Keeley broadcast information? Uh, FS1, 93.3 KJR for the radio and 1360 for Spanish speakers. And I saw 8.15 kickoff, right? Uh, yeah, 8.15-ish kickoff. It's billed as 8 o'clock. Tune in at 8 o'clock. Yeah. That's when everything will be starting. Pre-match, all that okay. stuff. You don't want to miss it, guys. And I'll show some love to the rain because they play 24 hours later in yes, the same stadium do. against Angel City. Good um, team. Yeah, very Both good, good team. Yeah, so that should be some yeah. excellent games we'll see there. Um, Sounders, LAFC, um, we'll be back next week recapping that game, previewing the next one. Well, we'll be recapping Dallas as well. There's yes. a midweek Tuesday night game. Um, Sounders <laughs> against FC Dallas. Um, thanks again to Jackie for joining us. Great to catch up with her. Thanks to all of you, as always, for listening. Comment, like, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. This has been Side by Side. We'll be back next week.